It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Tori McElwain and I had such a fun visit. She is an international teacher, speaker, and pattern designer. Also, she has been quilting for 20 years. After the interview, Tori reached out to me and asked if I would be okay with her starting a YouTube channel to interview other quilters. There are so many wonderful quilters that there's no way I could ever interview them all. So of course I said yes. If you're enjoying a Quilters Life podcast, you're going to want to check out Tori's YouTube, Coffee Chats with Quilters. I will have a link to it on her episode page on my website, aquilterslife.com, along with her other links. Thank you, Tori, for joining me on A Quilter's Life. Thank you, Paula. I'm really happy to be here. So glad you could make it. Let's begin with, where were you born and raised? I was born in Bakersfield, California, but a few months later, we moved to Lancaster, California, which is about 45 minutes outside of L.A. Did you live there your whole childhood? I did. I lived there for 19 years. Yeah. How about a special childhood memory while you were growing up there? My parents worked really hard, so they were always working. And then even when they weren't working, were always go, 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 go. They had a lot of activities and things that we did. Some of my best memories are the days when my brothers were with us, because I have two half-brothers, and so they weren't with us all the time, and the days that we didn't do much. So we would wake up in the morning, and uh, we were much younger than them. I have a twin sister, so I say we a lot. But me and my twin sister, we would go wake them up. We were probably about four years old. We'd go wake up the teenagers. <laughs> They'd come downstairs. My dad would make pancakes, and we would just kind of hang out in the morning and then go outside and play in the afternoon. And we would always play with our friends down the street. We had a neighbor who had a little girl, same age as me and my sister. Her name was Fumi. And she had two older brothers that were the same age as my brothers. So we had a lot of fun watching them ride their bikes. I was always so fascinated by how fast they could go. And then they would let us play football with them sometimes where they would give us the ball and we would run across the lawn. And then they would tackle each other. <laughs> I was always so fascinated by how they could hit each other and then get up laughing. <laughs> yeah, those were my probably favorite memories. Since it was a desert, we always played in the water. So we always had the hose on. We always had water gun fights and things like that with them too. So that was always really fun. Oh, neat. So are you an identical twin or a fraternal twin? I'm a fraternal twin. Uh, do you know the difference? Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> I always ask because not everybody knows. Yeah. Here in Ohio, there's a town called Twinsburg, and they have an annual meeting of twins. I'm not a twin. I've never been to it, but it's kind of cool. For That's right. I've, I've heard about that, actually. Uh-huh. Well, one other thing I heard about you is that you love to dance, and you started when you were really little. I did. I used to make up my own dances when I was about five, six, and to like my favorite songs, Shania Twain mostly, I think. <laughs> and then when I was 11, 
my dad told us we need to pick a sport because me and my sister, we love to read. So he's like, you need to pick a sport. We got to stay active. So we chose dance. And at the time, belly dance was becoming really popular. So we took a kid's belly dance class called Ants in Your Pants Belly Dance. (laughs) And it was so much fun. And I still use movement a lot to express myself. Like even as we're talking, my hands are waving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I talk a lot with my hands. So I just really loved to dance. And actually, I went to college originally to be a dance teacher. Oh, wow. Well, besides working with quilts, did you have other employment? I was a teacher. I was a kindergarten teacher in Texas. My husband's in the military, and we moved to Texas. That was our first permanent duty station, and permanent means we're there for three to four years. So I earned my teaching credential from Texas A&M and my master's in curriculum and instruction, hoping to become like a CIS, someone who helps develop curriculum for the schools. Oh, wow. And then when we moved to Arizona, I stopped teaching. I had my son a few months before we'd moved. And between the cost of childcare for just one child and the payment I would make (laughs) from being a teacher, uh, we decided it might be best for me to stay home while we're in Arizona and see if I could build up my quilt business. Oh, cool. Hard decisions, aren't they? Yes. (laughs) So you're in Arizona. Mm -hmm. How did you meet your husband? We actually met in college. I had transferred to California State University, Bakersfield, when my family moved to Bakersfield. And I went to college there. I finished my bachelor's there. And I took a French class. I was going to go, I went actually, but I was going to go to France to stay with a friend who was studying abroad and I wanted to learn French and he needed an extra language credit (laughs) so he took French because that was what fit in the schedule and yeah we met in French class we were French partners oh fun he actually proposed to me on top of the Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas in French oh wow (laughs) hope you got a good picture oh yes he had a little photographer hiding (laughs) to take pictures Besides quilting, what other crafts do you do or have you done? I know how to crochet. I did that a bit when I was a teenager. Um, haven't had much time to do it lately. I got into scrapbooking for a little while when uh, we first moved to Texas, before teaching just kind of overcame my time. <laughs> other than that, mostly just quilting and then on the side sewing projects like bags or things like that. Are there any other hobbies? Well, I have a toddler, so my hobbies include the hobbies we do together, which uh, right now he's really interested in baking. He's loving making cupcakes and cookies and watching the whole process of making the dough and shaping it and sometimes like coloring the different batter and doughs for cookies and cupcakes. And then uh, we also started a little garden. So that's what we're doing right now in quarantine. We're baking and gardening and playing with water. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing when my kids were little and they'd push a chair up to the stove and they'd help me cook. That was a lot of fun. Exactly. It's exactly what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who introduced you to quilting? 
Originally, it was my grandma. She was mostly a seamstress, and she would make these beautiful clothes for my mom when they were growing up. And then she started making like commissioned wedding dresses and things. But she also made a few quilts. And then we would always go over to her house for sleepovers because she did live two hours away. And we would make our beds out of all these quilts that she had made and my great grandma had made. So that was probably my first introduction to quilts. Mm-hmm. And then my mom, my mom got really into quilting when I was a teenager. She even bought a long arm. Oh, so wow. she's actually, yeah, she's actually an award-winning long armor. Her teaching style and my learning style didn't quite mesh. <laughs> so we actually had a, a family friend take us in one winter because we were on a year-round schedule. So our long break was in the winter time. So she took us in one winter and taught us how to quilt. And she helped us make our very first quilt with assistance. Huh. And again, I say we because it was me and my twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about that. So is your twin into quilting now also? She is. She is a RN and she works in a cancer infusion center. And so she doesn't have a lot of time to quilt. So she has been learning from my classes. <laughs> She's my guinea pig. <laughs> oh, we all need a guinea pig. That's great. She's been very supportive. It must be hard for you guys to be farther apart with you moving away from California. It is. We do make the best of it, though. I probably call her every other day. Every time I know she's off work, I'll just call and be like, hey, how's it going? Especially during quarantine where we haven't been able to socialize much. Yeah. Zoom helps a lot, and she's vaccinated, so we were able to go visit her last month, and she was just so happy to have us there. Oh, neat. Tell me about your favorite quilt. Oh, it's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tempted to say one of the harder ones I've done, or more challenging ones, but my real, truly favorite was the first one I've made for my business, which is Target the Stars. It's a square quilt. And I designed a star in the center. The design works itself out in a way that draws your eye to the middle, to that star. And I just, I absolutely love it. It's got a three-toned background with purple, turquoise, and orange, which kind of sounds kind of weird together, but it looks amazing. And it has a dark purple triangular border, and the star in the center is dark purple, and it just, it draws your eyes in, and I just, I love it so much. How neat. And you designed that, right? Yes, that was my first design. Oh, cool. Do you lean toward a certain color palette when you work on your quilts? I do. I love the combination of purple, lime green, and turquoise. (laughs) I've been working really hard to get away from that and try different color palettes because I just am drawn straight to those three colors. Isn't that funny how... We walk in a quilt shop and that's where we go to is the same spot. Yeah. (laughs) And how about a favorite part of the quilting process? I used to really love piecing. And then lately I've been really loving free motion quilting. I love what you can do with it, how you can make a quilt, give it more personality and make it come alive with just stitching different designs in it. I've been really enjoying learning more and more about that. Hmm. And do you have a favorite tool to work with? 
I love my sewing machine. I worked really hard to afford this wonderful sewing machine that cuts your thread for you and it has an amazing light and a large throat size. And I just, I love it so much. <laughs> I'm curious, how large is the throat? You know, I meant to look at that and I did not. <laughs> okay. It's, I think it's 12 inches. Oh, that would be nice. Yes. It's amazing. It is a uh, sewing and embroidery machine, so it has a nice throat size to fit the hoops. Uh-huh. And I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> now I'm curious how big the hoop is. The biggest hoop you could fit on your machine. I believe it's 20 inches is the largest hoop, but I don't have it. Okay. <laughs> That's one of those things I want to learn. This year is one of my goals is to learn more about the embroidery side of my sewing machine. Uh-huh. So I'm going to learn more about that. Neat. Now, what was your worst quilting experience? I had my son seven days after my last school year ended. And then we moved three months after that. So we were in South Carolina then. And the only quilt shop in South Carolina in our city was a Bernina dealer. And I was looking to start my quilting business, which I started with making custom quilts. So I wanted to upgrade my machine. I was using at the time a 1950s Singer sewing machine. It's amazing. It's a power horse. It'll sew through anything, but it was really rough on my flannel, which I wanted to start with baby blankets and rag quilts. So I went and looked at the machines at the Bernina dealer. And I remember being really excited because I put jeans on, I did my hair. I did my makeup. I left the baby with my husband. I was so excited to go out. I think he was probably five months old at this point and just go to a fabric shop because I haven't seen one in months. I walk in and I look around. I see the sewing machines. I turn to go towards them and I get cut off by one of the sales ladies and she walks straight up to me and she asks me, can I help you? And I said, oh, I'm looking to buy a sewing machine. And she looks me up and down from my hair to my toes, back to my eyes. And she asked me, do you even sew? Oh, no. And I was so shocked. I was almost speechless. I said, yes, <laughs> kind of hesitantly. And she asked me, well, what do you sew? Like with a really strong attitude, for lack of a better word. And I said, I quilt. And I'm like, I'm standing here planning on starting a quilting business. And she's asking me if I sew. <laughs> and then she asked me, like, what kind of machine I was looking for. And I, I told her I'm looking for a combination of embroidery and sewing machine. And she's like, well, these machines are going to be out of your price range. And she just stands there and stares at me. <laughs> no. And I didn't know what to say. I stood there and I was like, can, can I, can I look? <laughs> I was so shocked that this lady was talking to me like this. I'm walking in, expecting to spend a couple thousand dollars, but you won't even let me look. Wow. She walked me around the store. She stood right next to me until I left. I didn't even get a chance to look at the fabric, which is another thing I wanted to look at. And I never went back. Wow. And then from there, I went straight to my local Joanne's. And the lady was so nice and friendly in their Vikings sales department that I bought a sewing machine right that day. 
of her. <laughs> so I didn't end up getting an embroidery machine that day because I did realize that the embroidery was something I didn't need right now and I could wait for, which is why I love the machine I have now. <laughs> um, but I was very happy to spend money on a, on a sewing machine that day. Oh, you just wonder what happened to them in their life that they had to be that protective. Yeah. Hmm. I was shocked. Yeah. I didn't even know how to respond. No. Why do you make quilts? That question sounds so rude after your story. (laughs) 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 I know you mean out of curiosity, not out of why are you here. (laughs) I love the creativity of it. I love being able to create something original and to use what I like. And I love being able to have something that not only is a creative expression, but also practical. Like I'm a very practical person with the army life. We move all the time and scrapbooking was really fun, but it was just a lot of extra paper, a lot of extra stickers and things I had to store. With quilting, I can stick with the fabric that I like. Like my stash is not very large. I have been quilting on and off for 21 years, but I only have one bookcase full of fabric because I try really hard to only buy what I know I'm going to use. And it makes it a lot easier to move. And quilts you can cover up with, you can snuggle with, you can use them on the bed. They were great for my son when he was a baby and now a toddler. We can make tents out of them. We can use them for picnics. They're a wonderful craft and hobby and creative expression Mm -hmm. and they last so I can actually (laughs) pass these on to like my kids if they like them and like today I found out my toddler's favorite color is yellow oh neat he finally picked a color he's almost (laughs) three and I'm like oh your favorite color is yellow I have a quilt that you're going to love It's rainbow, but most of it is yellow. The center is the largest part, and it's all yellow. So I'm like, you could have this one. <laughs> Neat. He's going to love that. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned that they last and last. And I wanted to ask you, I saw that you have some quilts from generations before you. Can you tell me about that? Yes, those are quilts that were handed to first my mother because she was a long-arm quilter. So my family on her side knew that she was a good person to send the quilts to when older family members passed away. So she has these quilts wrapped. Right now they're stored in a cedar chest. And we get them out every once in a while, especially right now where I'm teaching quilting is my main business and pulling those out and looking at how they hand-stitched everything and how they pieced and what they were used for. And my mom remembers being a part of quilting circles when she was small. She would get under them and help poke the needle back through. Oh, really? Wow. So just like revisiting those memories and talking to her about the people who made them. It's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Neat. So who do you make your quilts for? Lately, I've been making them for myself for creative expression really helps me feel better (laughs) because it's COVID we're all stuck inside and it's something I can do for me but in the back of my mind it's also for others 
for instance, making a quilt for my son, making a quilt for my husband, but also creating a quilt to showcase a pattern that I want to help guide someone else into using to help their own creative expression. It's my favorite thing about making a pattern is to see what other people can do with it. That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> Neat. What are you working on right now? I still do a few custom quilts on the side. And right now I'm working on a postcard from Sweden Quilt, which is all Haskell triangles, all different colors. And that's been a real challenge to try to move all these colors together, especially because we weren't able to get a lot of the colors specified in the pattern due to mm -hmm. COVID. <laughs> and that's been really challenging and really fun to play with that color. And then I've also been working on I'm hosting a skill building block of the month. So I've been working on those blocks and their um, different skills. So kind of honing in on each skill every quarter of the year and figuring out what they need to know, how to teach it and everything like that. And it's been great. It's a great mental challenge and great experimentation, learning how to do different types of applique and uh, different like stitches and what they might like. And working with different stabilizers to see what works best. Oh, great. What is a tip that you like to share? Well, recently I was working on a charity quilt where I just took a cute little panel and I added borders to it. And one piece of advice I like to give as a long armor is when you put your borders on, if you Attach your borders sewing from the center of the quilt to the edge and then the center to the other corner, so the other edge. It will help keep your quilt more square because when we sew from corner to corner to put a border on, we're gently pushing that quilt in one direction. That long seam will kind of push your quilt and make it a little bit wonky. So it'll take a perfectly square quilt and turn it almost into a parallelogram. Hmm. Most quilters will sew a border from corner to corner on one side and then go in the opposite direction on the other side. So it pushes the quilt both up and then down on the other side. So it wonks it a little bit. And I've seen a lot of quilters get frustrated with that and sewing that border on from the center to the corner and center to the next corner. That'll help that process. Wow. Hadn't thought of that before. Thank you. My pleasure. I hope it helps. Now, tell me the name of your business and how you came up with that name. The name of my business is The Quilt Patch by Tori. And that came from actually my very first job, which was a camp counselor at a Girl Scout camp. And there's this tradition at Girl Scout camps where you don't go by your first name. You pick a, like a nickname for the campers to call you. And my nickname was Patches, because Girl Scouts, they earn badges and patches, and the patches are the fun ones. <laughs> <laughs> and so when it came time to pick a business name, I wanted to pick something that was very personal for me. So I wanted to put patches in there, or patch. And so I thought the quilt patch would be really cute, but there are a lot of quilt patches out there. <laughs> so then I added the by Tori. And neat. It's neat to have your name in it. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me about 
how you went from having quilting as a hobby to deciding you could do it for business? Well, the idea first came, uh, so like we covered earlier, it's moving is really what really defined the time of this. Mm -hmm. But we moved three months after my son was born to South Carolina. We were only there for seven months. My son was a great sleeper until he hit 11 months. So I had a ton of time on my hands after taking care of him and the house. He would sleep for an hour in the morning and three hours in the afternoon. And I wanted to try to contribute monetarily to our family. So I was going between two options. I was thinking maybe quilts or maybe cupcakes. So I learned real quick that I do not have an affinity for cupcakes. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun making rag quilts. So I decided to try to make baby blankets and rag quilts to sell at a local farmer's market. We walked through a craft fair while we were there. It was around Christmas time. So they had like the fairgrounds had the huge barn. Mm-hmm they set up all these vendors and there were so many quilts and I was like I can do this I can sell quilts I love to quilt and I have time now because my son sleeps so good <laughs> I was one of the lucky ones where he slept really good for a little while so I decided that's where I was going to start was making custom quilts and then two years went by or about two years and we had made the decision for me to stay home and build this business and I realized after about six months, I started long arming and that was doing pretty good, but everything else kind of died. Like I would get a really good season with Christmas where a lot of people were ordering custom quilts from me and t-shirt quilts. And that was great. But then when Christmas was over, there was nothing coming in. And then at that point, it was February and COVID was starting to become worse <laughs> for lack of a better term it was getting worse and then the whole country shut down so I was kind of at a crossroads where I could either change what I was doing or completely stop and I took a course called patchwork and it opened my eyes to pattern design and teaching I was like I have a master's degree in curriculum and instruction I can do this so again I'm one of those people that kind of jump in and just give it a try. And I've been <laughs> really loving it. Um, teaching has been amazing. Like I've always taught my whole life. I taught Girl Scouts when I was little. I was a Girl Scout for 13 years. So I taught all levels. And then I taught dance before I went to college. And then I even taught dance in college at a club. We made a little belly dance club where I was teaching them how to belly dance. <laughs> and then I taught for real in a school. <laughs> So it just felt really natural to start teaching quilting. So you started teaching online. You never taught at a shop or anything like that, right? I actually met my local quilt shop owner when I started long arming. And she asked me if I would be willing to teach some beginning quilting classes. So I started online and in person around the same time. Okay. Now, if I understand right, when you first started and made some quilts, did you sell them at the farmer's market? I did. I sold them at one local farmer's market in South Carolina. I sold them on Etsy. That wasn't very profitable. But then Facebook was actually my best 
source of customers is just sharing, hey, I'm making quilts now. Come look. <laughs> wow. Now, tell me how you felt the first time you were at the farmer's market and somebody picked up a quilt and said they wanted to buy it. How did that feel? I was so excited. I think I danced. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was literally doing like a little happy dance. I got out my bag and I got out my card and I got out the little card reader I just purchased and I was so excited. <laughs> Business is so fun. And did you feel that same excitement when you had somebody sign up for your virtual class for the first time? Yes, but it was mixed with nervousness. <laughs> <laughs> and my very first class I taught was online. And it was a couple family friends and my sister, who, as I said, my guinea pig. So I was launching a beta version, so it was discounted. But I was like, they're going to pay me to actually teach them. <laughs> this is real now. But I was so excited and it went really well. And they were all very impressed with the detail that I was able to provide. There's always a little bit of surprise, I think, because of my age. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun to surprise people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I know for myself, I don't know how many years I get those phone calls. This was a long time ago because I'm older, but the sales calls or whatever they called and you go to the phone and you pick it up and they ask for your mother. I'm in Ohio. She's in California. Do you really want to talk to her? <laughs> I don't know how many kids I had, and they were still asking me for my mother over the phone. Well, share with me where people can find your business. I do have a website. It's called uh, The Quilt Patch by Tori. So it's a full name by Tori, because like I said, there's a lot of quilt patches. And you can find my classes on there. I started offering programs for guilds. So if you have any guilds that you might be interested in a color confidence workshop, which I have just been certified by Shannon Brinkley. I'm in her color certification program. And I have a movement class because my inspiration from dance, I've been able to create a program about movement and quilts. So that's been really exciting. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at The Quilt Patch by Tori. Or the handle is the at sign, quilt underscore patch. You can find me there as well. Oh, good. Is there anything else you would like to share with me? I really love being on here with you today. It's the first time I've really been able to share who I am behind all the quilts, besides that, the chunk show that you watched. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's been really fun. <laughs> well, you did a great job on the trunk show. Thank you. Well, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.